and this is Talking Points. This week we're looking at quarter three, lesson two, inside of our Making Friends for God. This week's title is The Power of Personal Testimony. That's right. And before we get into our lesson preparation, because this isn't the lesson itself, of course, this is a walking through the preparation for the lesson uh, that everyone's going to be doing, actually right. having the lesson in their Sabbath school live in a local church. Uh, but we wanted to address something that may have come up. Uh, in fact, we know it came up. We've yes. had some input about that about the actual format of this new series. Right. They were sitting here at a table, and if people have noticed, we are not six <laughs> feet apart. We do not have that kind of wingspan in our forearms. Uh, we're not wearing a mask. And so a legitimate question was brought up about yes. what is what are we modeling? Is this a subtle teaching to the conference yes. to be you know, thwarting or some sort of disregarding the rules? And, and we want to be crystal clear about that. This is no way an endorsement of you know, or, or, or trying to get away from the structures and recommendations that have come up. Got some I'm thoughts just, on that? I'm just thinking to myself, this is a reality of recording space. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't have a studio. So if you want to donate to our studio, and we can build, <laughs> we have, but as it is, yeah. we're doing this in your office. And uh, Cameron and I, you know, of course, we are in this situation now where you can have groups of 10 and what have mm. you and people you're acquainted with, but we work together yes. closely. So we... It'd be like the context of your family, whatever. Right. So um, because of that, us being six feet apart for this would do nothing but model. And we don't want to take that away and give uh, an, the idea that we don't think this is uh, serious or important right. and it would show insensitivity to those who have been sick. But we do want to explain that we are not trying to um, negate some of the guidelines that are out there, but explain why we're in the format that we are. Right. And if you notice, whenever we did the full Sabbath school program, we did have them six feet apart. Yes. We were on much tighter restrictions. The office was still closed. The office, conference office now opened. And so those rules are easing. Uh, but to be clear, we do have people here and we get our temperature checked That's every time exactly we come right. in. We have to have social distancing when we're in larger groups and all the, those protocols are still there. But for our recording space, we're not setting this up as show, hey, everybody take off your masks and sit so close together for Sabbath school. But for this purpose of this format is just for the video itself. Well, another thing we talked about is you'll notice that if you really look at your screen, you feel like you're at the table with us. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of people, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people that actually have been appreciative of that because they feel so closed up and isolated. And so it makes mm -hmm. it feel like you're in a group yeah, when it's virtually in so close. many places yeah. you're you're not allowed to be in a group. So that right. was kind of the design as well. So anyway, we, there was no thought about trying to like disregard any of the norms or protocols. And we actually do want to encourage people to be healthful and, and heed all those warnings. That's right. But for this particular production, that's the direction we're going just for the logistics of that. And yes. Pastor Howard and I are in no danger uh, from each other because we've been working together through this whole thing. And so it is more like a family uh, family uh, arrangement than anything else. And as you mentioned, we're checked every day. and what We are. Do, so. And so far, so good. So praise the Lord. Amen. We're clean and healthy. And I think we can dive into our lesson now. Yes. Lesson two, the power of well, personal testimony. We haven't had prayer for this. That's uh, true. We always pray off screen and it can yeah. be, but uh, why don't we begin with prayer okay. and then we'll dive into this. Go ahead. Father in heaven, we are thankful for the opportunity and the privilege we have of knowing you and your son, Jesus Christ, and, and your word, Lord, and being able to study that together. We just pray now that as we go through our talking points for this particular lesson, your Holy Spirit would guide um, us as uh, the presenters and our viewers as well, Lord, and bless us abundantly with your presence, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, the entire quarter is about making friends for God. Right. Elder Finley has the main contributor here, and this week we're talking about the power of personal testimony. Yes, that's the title of the lesson. And uh, what our reason, our our, one of our main purposes for talking points, and just to reiterate as we're still kind of starting this out, is, you know, again, the lesson format is laid out in a weekly, you know, Sabbath afternoon, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but that was for devotional purposes, not teaching purposes. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes, and I've noticed it quite a bit in this lesson, the author of the lesson has a, something he's trying to communicate and because by virtue of the setup of the lesson, he's got to divide it up. And so oftentimes there may be three or four key points that are spread out over seven days. Mm -hmm. And so what we have done is gone back through and distilled those into key points. Yes. And just to be clear, uh, the way that we our relationship is, is working here, I am the one who does the initial outline of the lesson. Mm -hmm. And then Cameron and I go over the lesson together and so these are the key points that I would have drawn out. Now, if Cameron had the primary responsibility, not, not that when we get together he has input, but the main outline or key points initially are mine and sometimes that. If it were the other way around, Cameron's outline would be different from mine. Right. It would be very similar um, because we're dealing with the same lesson. But we're saying this to say, one of the things we're going to do is show you how we come up with the key points and why, yeah. but you may come up with different key points and yes. that's fine. We're trying yes. to help you have some tools to make you better equipped to teach Sabbath school. That's right. And so I do want to make sure that, that whenever you have these, and there'll be the link at the bottom of the screen again, That's you right. can get your, uh, the outline that has been provided here. And it's not just to like, okay, now I can be done with this. I'll just follow this outline. It's not a substitution for, it's a model of how That's you right. can put together. And it's a good starting point. It's a good, if you want to use it, you can. But like you were saying, the goal is to have people prepare a lesson study based on their own understanding of what was already what was taught and how they would present it clearly for a class. And so this is just a sample of that as you've put together as the yes. main contributor. So just as a for instance, now we won't do this every week, but let me just walk through what I've done this week. Mm -hmm. um, Sabbath afternoon's lesson is generally introductory to the whole yes. week. And the, the point it makes is the power of sharing a testimony, that personal experience, of course, which is the theme of the week. Sunday's lesson goes into the example of the demoniacs of the Gadarenes and the fact that these demon-possessed men, Jesus turned right around and made witnesses for him, which we'll go over in the lesson. Monday's lesson goes over the women who went to the tomb, witnessed that Jesus had raised, and went back and told the disciples about it. So again, a personal testimony experience. Uh, Tuesday's lesson is highlighting... Uh, Peter and John before the authorities and um, talks about the change, how changed lives make a difference. Mm -hmm. Now already what I'm seeing in this is how some things kind of conflate together. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a it's carry a on. Blurry. So yeah. you'll see what I do with it in a minute. But this is, as I go through, I said last week, I go through the whole lesson, then I step back and say, you know, how does this answer our main objective this week of sharing mm. the power of personal testimony? Wednesday talks about uh, sharing our experience, sharing about what Christ has done. Well, that's really saying the same thing as Sabbath afternoon yeah. and some of what's already been Part said. Of Tuesday, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that to say to go through this lesson with a class. And again, I'm I'm repeating myself from what we've said before. Some of it just because we're starting this out, but it bears repeating. 
I think it's a disservice to the class for me to come to the class as teacher and just basically read through the lesson with them, which they had opportunity to do without me. Mm -hmm. Okay, my job as a teacher is to draw out of the lesson things that can help them to get a better understand, in this case, the power of personal testimony. Mm -hmm. So Wednesday is kind of a repetition. I'm going to roll that into something else. Thursday uh, talks about the power of personal testimony, <laughs> which is a repetition. Yeah, it is. I mean, the little title so, is Power of Personal Testimony. But it's, it's, I understand it. The author was just carrying over, yep. or the contributor, I should say. It wasn't an author of the lesson because you get the contributor and editors. And then Friday is always kind of a summary of thought. So here's what I took away from it. I've got three key points. And from now on, we are going to, in the talking points, without even the description I gave, because I'm not going to go every week and say, this is what I saw in the lesson, this is what I do. We are going to take the key points. I'm going to say from this week's lesson, these are the points I drew out, three of them this week. And I said I would encourage you to keep it to three or four points. Right. Number one, even a beginner can share a personal testimony. Okay, And you're going to see as we walk through it how we drew that from uh, the lesson's examples. So in this, this week, what, we're, what I would do in teaching it is I would give an overview of the lesson, um, the power of personal testimony, kind of an introduction. And we'll talk about how we do that, and it's in our outline. And then key points. Number one, even a beginner can share a personal testimony. Number two, not everyone will believe, but don't stop mm. sharing your testimony. And number three, the power of a Christ-like life. Those are the three things that I drew out from this week's lesson. And when you draw out three points, it's fairly easy to get through three points in your week's study mm. time in your church, whether you have 25 minutes or 45 minutes. Right. So that's kind of the goal there. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through that introduction and then our three points. And uh, again, these you can get these online and, and follow along with the outline or just listen to us highlight the points. All right. So let's go it. Let's go through it then. Um, so you have these three points, but it doesn't start with the three points. You have some introductory comments Into the, the overview of the personal testimony, just like your Sabbath afternoon's lesson right. often does. Um, First of all, just explaining to the class what is personal testimony. Of course, testimony is sharing your firsthand experience. Like, you, you attest, a, a witness has to have a firsthand account of something, has to have seen or heard. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I could have heard an accident and not been at the scene of the accident, and I'd still be a witness. Uh, I could testify to it. You wouldn't but be I an eyewitness, you mean ear witness. Yes, <laughs> but I couldn't have heard about the accident and been a witness. Right. So the personal testimony... You ha you're telling what you know of Christ. And what we're doing with a personal testimony really is, and we talked about this a little bit, is we're not even, you know, we think of personal testimony as sharing what Christ has done in my life. And that's true. But I'm not witnessing about me or even as much about what God has done for me as I am about who God is and what he can do for everybody. In other mm. words, what he's done for me is testifying to the authenticity and yeah. the validity of the power My of the gospel. My experience is merely an example of this greater God. You know, your experience may not look like that when you That's come right. to him, but mine is what I know. That's but right. I, know, I do know that if I have this, you'll have something from him too. But it, and, and, and part of the reason I bring that up is personal testimony never takes the place of the word. It's not mm. like, hey, I don't share the Bible and don't share doctrine. I just tell my testimony. Mm. Because the testimony is supporting the word. In other words, there are people who've heard about the Bible, they've heard about Christianity. Your testimony is giving them a real-life example that this is true. Mm. So it's not replacing it, it's actually bolstering it. It's mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I've heard about the Bible, but then when you give your testimony and what God's done in your life, you're like, maybe the Bible's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we're testifying to the validity of 
the gospel. The lesson brings out that point uh, at the bottom of Thursday. There's no witness as effective as a changed life. And that, that's why it reveals, it reveals to people the possibilities mm -hmm. of what God can do. Like this is real. It's not just make-believe because this person's experienced it. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple quotes that I've included here. One is Evangelism 289. It says, the conversion of the human soul is of no little consequence. It is the greatest miracle performed by divine power. Mm. Awesome statement. I want you to read that next one from Desire of Ages. The wonderful love of Christ will melt and subdue hearts when the mere reiteration of doctrines would accomplish nothing. So this is just talking about the power of testimony. Right. And again, to be clear, that's not to say that we shouldn't present doctrines. Right. But if we were to merely do that, in a sterile, you know, whatever, but wrapping it in your own personal testimony. My there is testimony a power. gives power to the doctrine. Exactly. It's not a exactly. separate thing. Exactly. So, just a little bit of introduction about what personal testimony is. And of course, the question is, or the, the point is, the power of personal testimony. The first uh, takeaway we have, our first point is, even a beginner can share personal testimony. And of course, the lesson goes into the example in Mark 5. You can find the story of the demoniacs in, in all the synoptic gospels, Matthew, mm -hmm. Mark, Luke. and Luke. And if that's a new term for you, synoptic is two words together. S-Y-N is like synonym. It's the same optic view. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called mm -hmm. the synoptic gospels, separate from John, because John takes a little different approach mm -hmm. uh, in his gospel. But all the synoptic gospels carry this account in a little different way. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to go ahead? You're there, and I'm, I'm sure. turning there. Uh, do you want me to read through the 15 to 20 on yeah. Mark chapter 5? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told him how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. When he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Mm -hmm. There's now, a lot all of this is a <laughs> challenge for us in this format because we want to just me. dive into. But the yeah. point we want to pick up on is here's a guy, and if you're reading, um, is it Matthew who brings up two demoniacs? Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a seeming discrepancy. One time it's the one guy and the other time there's yeah. two, and people will say that's inconsistency. Yeah. But reality More than likely is, there's yeah. one that was more prominent than the other. But the point is yeah. the demoniac of the Gadarenes or the demoniacs of the Gadarenes, demon-possessed at one minute, witnesses for Christ, in Literally two shakes. Exactly. I mean, so. Oh, I mean, if you if you look at the story closely, because they basically had time to be freed and sit at Jesus' feet while the townsfolk heard about the story. Right. And by the time they come back begging him to leave, that's the last. So this man didn't have days, which he literally had maybe the span of a few hours. And we even have a afternoon. quote we're going to share that Ellen White's clear that they hadn't even heard a single sermon of Jesus. Exactly. She, I think the phrase she uses, but for a few moments yes. only they had been in his presence, which again might have been minutes or hours, but I mean it wasn't multiple right. days. They didn't hold the whole series. And of all the things in this story that gripped my attention, like the, the demons beg Jesus to go on the swine. He, right. he, he says, okay. And the townsfolk beg him to leave, and he leaves. Yes. And then the one last beg <laughs> is like, please, can I go with yes. you? And he's like, no, you stay here. <laughs> and he sends him back. And you would think of all the people to, why him? Why yes. leave him there? Yeah. It almost sounds like Jesus had a little lapse of judgment right. you know, for a minute. And 
in addition to that, and one of the reasons this is so powerful, and again, our key point, our draw, our takeaway is even a beginner. Yes. Can, I mean, this person hasn't even heard a whole sermon. How many times do we hear among Seventh-day Adventists who've been in the church for 20 years, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know enough uh, I don't to know share, enough. Yeah. I don't know it. This takes away any and every yes. excuse. Like, were you demon-possessed two minutes ago? Yes. Then go, you know. Yes. Well, I mean, you can even take that up. And uh, they won't even receive Jesus. Right. But they will receive the testimony of these men. Yes. Right. That there's an mm. individual experience that is uniquely suited right. to that position. So these guys were better suited to be missionaries in that area than were his own disciples or even at this moment, Jesus himself. Well, you think about it. I mean, why, why would that be? Because th we're talking about the power of personal yes. testimonies. We go, people knew who these guys yes. were. And it's funny, the lesson brings up that many of the people, and I put in the margin of the quarterly, many, how could you not know about the guys <laughs> yeah. howling and yeah. chains in their hands and living Isn't that in the, the crazy graveyard? guy in the tombs? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so it's like, and, and then to see that transformation right. could not have an impact. Right even more so, as you said, than Jesus would have had on them. Right. Obviously, his Christ's demeanor and bearing and all of that had an impact, but to see what these guys were and what they became mm -hmm. was yeah. evidently the Savior himself knew that that was what that town needed. Right, and, and if you look this story up in the Desire of Ages, which I highly recommend that you do, Ms. White goes into detail about how the disciples could have explained doctrine better than they could have. Jesus, of course, was the, was the message himself if he was to give it. But these... Well, in fact, this, yeah. the quote shares some of that. Why don't you read okay. the quote and fill Let's in look at what's not in there? Because it's from... This is Desire of Ages 340. says, The two restored demoniacs were the first missionaries from whom, uh, whom Christ sent to preach the gospel in the region of Decapolis. For a few moments only, these men had been privileged to hear the teachings of Christ. Not one sermon from his lips had ever fallen upon their ears. They could not instruct the people as the disciples who had been daily with Christ were able to do, but they bore in their own persons the evidence that Jesus was the Messiah. They could tell what they knew, what they themselves had seen and heard and felt of the power mm -hmm. of Christ. And then she makes the application, yes. this is what everyone can do whose heart has been touched by the grace of God. And I don't know that we need to read yeah, the whole that. It's in there, but that... That's the point that she's making yeah. there, is that they had a unique perspective that only they could have, and there was a... Jesus needed the disciples, and... <laughs> let's, let's double it up now. It would be better for them in their own growth to go share their faith than it would be to sit at the well, feet of Jesus. Let's it sounds get back crazy. to that in just a second. Okay. One thing this makes me think of is oftentimes in... And I know they do this in exercise videos and in other things like that, they usually pick a person to be an everyman, mm. you know, who's like, well, I can't do it. Well, this guy can do it. You know, like, for example, I know an exercise video where yeah. the guy is one-legged guy. It's like, well, how are you? And it's like, if he can do it, you can do it. Well, this is, this is the idea. This is why she makes this point. They haven't had a sermon from Christ. The disciples could have done it. But this is what everyone can do whose heart has been touched. Yeah. Like, why share this story in the Bible? Because this, these are the everyman. I mean, if, if, any, if they can do it. Right. What's we your can excuse? do it. Absolutely. Now, you were touching on um, a question. The question on, this, on top of page Sunday asked, why do you think Jesus sent the man into Decapolis to witness to his family and friends rather than nurturing him in his newfound faith by keeping him with himself? And good I question. would reject the premise of the question because it sets up an either-or. <laughs> but or. it sounds good to start. Exactly. It sounds so good. Oh, yeah. And it, is, it, it might be a leading kind of question, but the reality of the question assumes that either you're sharing your faith or mm -hmm. you're being nurtured. Right. 
And these guys are new to the faith, so they needed nurture before they shared their faith. That's right. When the reality is, it is in sharing our faith that we become nurtured, right? It, we That's experience right. a spiritual growth that can't be found elsewhere you know, when we're funny. in service of Christ. We talk about, I mean, sometimes so eloquently and, 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 and self-importantly in a way that, oh, we need to follow the example of Jesus. And yet, things like this seem to go so unnoticed in the church. Like, mm. what is the example Jesus is giving us here? Well, we need to nurture people. We need to, and I hear this all the time, we need to quit doing so much for out the, outside the church right, and right. do more for inside the church as if they are an either or. Right. Jesus is giving an example here. Did Jesus have a lapse of judgment? No. Is Jesus forgetting, oh, you're right, the guy needs nurtured? Yeah. Of all people, Jesus knows that. And how does he, Christ, the master, mm -hmm. choose to nurture the man? go out and share what I've done. That's mm. going to do more for you than anything else. Yes. And Ellen White goes on to say that she in that says those in chapter. The, in, exactly. And so again, read that chapter. It's mm. starting around with 300, 340, <coughs> I mean 340 there. Uh, the story of the demoniacs, but we need to move on. Yes. <laughs> Even a beginner can share personal testimony. Amen. Uh, second point, point, not everyone will believe. Now it's interesting <laughs> because the lesson brings out the point in Sabbath afternoon, and I have it highlighted in the outline, but basically... Um, it's difficult to argue with a person's personal testimony. And I made a note, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. <laughs> That's right. And the fact is, you can give your testimony. That doesn't mean everybody's going to believe. And this is an example. The lesson takes us to Mark chapter 16. And in Mark 16, in fact, we'll look at verses 9 through 13. They take us through more of the passage, but this zeroes in. Oops, I'm going the wrong way. Mark 16, and let's look at verse 9. Um, my page is just taking camera. You okay, want to read Mark that? Chapter 16, verse 9 and through where? 13. Through 13. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, who out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Keep on going. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. The disciples on the road to Emmaus. There you go. And they went out and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. So here are two accounts of personal testimony, but they yeah. didn't believe. Yeah, on Sabbath afternoon. It's almost <laughs> irresistible. Right. Except for uh, this one and this one. And, and, and the ones who were the unbelievers here were the disciples of Christ. Right. The ones <laughs> wanting to believe and they still right. couldn't believe. Yeah. So clearly your point is that, yes, it's hard to resist, but it's certainly not impossible. People will resist or not. That's believe. right. And so I highlighted Monday's lesson um, at the very end. It makes this point, and I think it's a great point. It quotes from Mark 16, 11, that they didn't believe. And then Elder Finley makes this point. Thus, if even Jesus' own disciples didn't immediately believe, we shouldn't be surprised if others don't immediately accept our words either. We know they later believed. And that's the whole encouragement here is, and again, number po point number two for us is not everyone will believe, but don't stop. Exactly. <laughs> Still exactly continue right. to share because they came around, didn't they? Mm -hmm. and, and we could ask the question, well, wait, why keep sharing if people don't believe? And one of the things that grabbed me in the paragraph right before that in the lesson, again, Monday's lesson, and, and I read paragraph four, this is from, I'm sorry, five, this is from paragraph four, it says, after Mary met the resurrected Christ, she ran to tell the story. Good news is for sharing, and she could not be silent. Mm. Well, that goes back to the, the, what is the nature of news? Yeah. News is something, a truth that is told. Right. right? Otherwise, it could still be true, but it wouldn't be news. And, right? and, and I, sometimes I'm tempted to say, falsely say, that the gospel is good news. Or, or rather, the, the word gospel 
actually means good news. In other words, right. the gospel isn't just about news. It is, it the, is whole, the, news. The, right. the essence of the word yes. inherently is about telling it. In other words, there's no gospel. Right. Gospel is good news. Right. The Bible is truth, but it wouldn't you know, fulfill the gospel commission if it's just sitting on a shelf unread right. and unshared, right? So the nature of news itself makes the gospel have to be active or That's you right. wouldn't be having the and, gospel. And what's yeah. interesting also about news is we share news, we share bad news as eagerly as we share good news. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, people are like, hey, did you hear? Yeah. Right? That's why social media was invented, just to get bad news across <laughs> as quickly as possible. So you think about that in terms of God designed the gospel to be told. If you've experienced the gospel, why wouldn't you? Like, well, people won't believe. So? <laughs> I'm yeah. telling them anyway. You know, people tell me new, you know, we're in an era of fake news. And I hate to say it. Somebody made, there's so much that comes across news channels. And then you find out, in fact, there are some of the news feeds that will say this week what didn't happen in news. Mm. You know, all the fake stories. Okay. People still tell them. Right? So we've got true gospel, the good news. That's Why true. not tell it? Also, it, it puts a limiting perspective on it to say, like, well, I know it didn't. How do you know it didn't work? That's Just exactly Just because they didn't right. respond to you in that moment That's doesn't right. mean you didn't plant a seed or they're not thinking oh. about it later on. It makes me think it's Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting yes. with verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Now, it's the agriculture metaphor. Yes. But if you're always looking for just the right atmospheric conditions or weather setting before you actually go to work, you're never going to get a harvest out. And the implication, I mean, extension is in verse 5, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is, her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either right. this or that or whether both alike will be good. So my perspective <laughs> might be failure. God's like, That's no, no, this right. is running right on time. And so for me to limit it to my finite perception yes. is, is discounting the power of God to use that testimony. Absolutely. So not everyone will believe, but don't stop. And Amen. the final point, key point, is dealing with the power of a Christ-like life. Now, we, the lesson draws from Acts 4, verse 13, where it talks about Peter and John. And it says that those who heard them took note of them that they had been with Jesus. And I like what the English Standard Version says, the ESV. It says they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And I like mm. that word recognize. In other words, they saw something. You know, taking note of them doesn't convey the same thing as they recognized Jesus in them. They saw something in them. They recognized, hey, that looks familiar. Mm. And, and what that tells us is... It, it gives that credibility that, that, that uh, it tells us the power that a Christ-like life adds to the testimony. I mean, you yes. can give a testimony about what Jesus has done, but if your life is not reflecting that, right. you've obviously lost the power of testimony. And I think of the story in Acts 19 of the seven sons of Sceva, mm -hmm. who went to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. In other words, Jesus, we don't know who he is, but Paul talks about him. Well, the Bible says the demons beat the men and sent them wounded and naked through the streets. And so, uh, why? Because they didn't have a personal experience with Jesus. Mm. You know, it makes the, me think of... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish I was just going to say that the, the power of the testimony is not your eloquence and your knowledge and all your skilled ability mm. and your degrees. It's the fact that you have a real experience with Jesus to tell That's about. Right. You're sincerity, authenticity, your goodness, your good works that come out of you through God's grace, of course, yes. gives credibility to the message you bear. And in turn, the message that you share gives your good works, your Christ-like life, its eternal significance. You're That's not just right. being randomly, random acts of kindness or something. You are now an ambassador for Christ and you bear in your person that message from Him. 
That's right. Well, there's two statements that, uh, and I'm just going to read a part of these. You'll see the whole things in the handout. But um, Ellen White talks about the witness, uh, the personal testimony, and then in Desire of Ages 347, she says, These precious acknowledgments to the praise of the glory of His grace, when supported by a Christ-like life, mm. have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls. Mm. And again, Acts of the Apostles, uh, page 31 says, The Savior knew that no argument, however logical, would melt hard hearts or break through the crust of worldliness and selfishness. He knew that his disciples must really receive the heavenly endowment, speaking of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that the gospel would be made effective only as it was proclaimed by hearts made warm and lips made eloquent by a living knowledge of him who is the way, the truth, and the life. Again, the power mm. of the Christ-like life. Our three takeaway points, even a beginner can share a personal testimony. Number two, not everyone will believe, but don't stop. And number three, there's power in a Christ-like life. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to study these important themes and not only learn about them, but by your grace to put them into practice in our lives. Please lead in every Sabbath school class this week that these lessons might be clear and they might be impactful and might hasten your coming. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah.